0: You're listening to the Table Church podcast. The Table is a community in Orville, California that aims to follow Jesus by doing what he did love God, love our neighbors, and serve those in need. Find us at thetablechurch.net, Instagram, or Facebook. And now for the message.
1: We're going to pray as we head into a time of hearing from God's Word. Uh, so let's do that now. Thank you again, Father, that we can come before you with great praise and thanks we open your word now to hear from you would you be with us would you open our hearts and minds that we may hear from you and experience you and we give you thanks and praise that you're already with us you're already here you're already meeting us right where we need you we say and pray these things in Jesus name amen
0: amen Amen.
1: we're gonna do uh, Valley of the Dry Bones this story is being read all over the world today it's part of the lectionary text if you want the fancy words Um, uh, Churches all over the world are reading this text. It comes from Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. It's in the Old Testament. It's part of the Old Testament uh, prophets, prophetic tradition. Uh, it's lovely. We'll get into the context and the content of that. But I always like to start with um, how, where we are and what's going on in our world and where our struggles are. And I think this text speaks to things that are dried up, dying, or are dead already. And so I'm asking you, like, what in your life, as we get ready to hear some good news, where's that bad news in your life uh, where things are dried up, drying up, dying up, or dying uh, dead already? What's going on? And so I'm going to ask my crew panel. I want you to be thinking about it. Maybe if you want to share in your room, that's okay, too. Uh, But the question is, what are you experiencing, or if not you personally, hearing from other people that is concerning to you in the world around you or, uh, you know, whatever? So what are you guys hearing?
0: Well, obviously, right now, most of the topic of conversation is around the uh, what's happening uh, globally right now with uh, uh, COVID. And and so the things that I think that are concerning the people uh, around me right now is uh, are, are the people that we love that are immunocompromised and elderly. Um, and so right now we're just really trying to protect, uh, them and that's part of the reason we're not gathering and, and really no one is, uh, is because I think we would be all okay, uh, at least here on the stream. But, um, I, you know, I think about, um, my dad and if you don't know, he's watching right now, but he... Uh, sorry. What would you like to say, James? I'd say hi, Mike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he uh, started chemotherapy right before uh, this all happened, um, and luckily it's caught really early on. And uh, we're we're praying and believing that it'll work, but it does mean that he's immunocompromised. So. Um, That's kind of where my heart has been of just going, man. I would like to visit him and see him more. He is doing great though on the on the video chatting. So props to you on that, Dad. Um, But I know that's kind of what's concerning the people uh, in my circle. Yeah. Of just um, yeah, just what the world is going through. It's hard, you know. It's like we don't necessarily always want to be talking about it. Um, but it's hard not to talk about it too when it's kind of like in our face and just determining how we kind of run our lives a little bit. So, um, Yeah. yeah, that's, what's mostly weighing on my heart right now. Thanks for
2: sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, also for me, mine's a little bit more specific, um, N95 masks, uh, PPE. Um, Being in the healthcare uh, field, just coming to know the reality that we are running low on those supplies, Um, you know. And as a healthcare professional, not wanting to, not wanting to spread what I can control the spread of uh to other people um and to my family at home and things yeah. like that so i know that that uh just speaking of that community i know that that's been something on the hearts and minds of of healthcare professionals right now of yeah. how how we can best uh protect ourselves and protect the patients that we are serving yeah. and so that's been a little bit on people the might not like know
1: that. Miranda, but you work you help at a school but also primarily you work as a nurse in the jail mm-hmm. and so you're trying to keep the population safe, your family, your patients. Excellent. For me, uh, what I'm thinking about most recently with this is that, um, being in quarantine is hard and self-isolation is hard. And, um, I overheard a woman near me, uh, Complaining about her, not complaining, that's the wrong word, uh, lamenting, sad about her relationship with her husband. This close proximity and the uh, trauma and the just being stuck together for long periods of time, it it takes hard situations and makes them harder. And she was really concerned about the state of her relationship, her marriage, and I just think that that can be broadened out a hundredfold to, uh, with our kids. I mean, I'm going to bring this up a little bit later, so forgive me when I repeat myself, but we're just getting a little bit shorter. It's getting a little bit harder. There's just a constant, um, pressure coming at us. And so that makes for, uh, things, it makes harder to hold together in a little bit. So, um, I'm just hearing the relational strain that people are under. Um, and also we talked about, Uh, People are concerned about essentials not being on the shelves, and that's a difficult thing. And so we're hearing you. Things are hard.
2: Yeah, and just to piggyback off that, I think um, the unknown. I think is yeah. is probably the hardest part because yeah. we here, like especially in Butte County, we have been through so much um, in the last couple of years. I think that we have learned for ourselves that, man, we can pull together and we can do things yeah. for, for short periods of time. Yeah. Um, but the the idea that we just don't know how long this is going right. like to last is like, how much it. of our reserve energy do we need to hold on to? Yeah. Um, and so uh, for me, I think also d- just that idea of like when, yeah. when you know.
0: Right. Right. I'm just blessed because... Um, I live with julianne, and she doesn 't drive me nuts at all right <laughs> honey she 's in, in the, the room, room. Hi, so Julie. uh but uh our fourth panel member, Bell, had something
2: uh
0: hi jo it 's hard for me that my family is spread around the world yeah. she 's got family living in the philippines and and uh San Diego and everywhere else, and so um, sh- her fear is uh creeping um up on her about how she says i can't control the safety of everyone i love and so yeah that's got to be really hard luckily a lot of the people that are closest to me live near um, but i can't imagine having elderly or immunocompromised people living around the world you just have no idea i mean we know how hard it is here in Orville. and travel is so restricted and yeah yeah, that's hard praying for you joe bell yeah absolutely um thank you for commenting too yeah thank you
1: well, Ezekiel 37, one through uh, that's 1 through 4. It's 1 through 14. Well, uh, I don't know if you know the story about Dem Bones. It's a song. You probably know it, but I don't know if you know the full story. Uh, the song that we probably know, at least I knew before this, goes something like the leg bone is connected to the hip bone. Hip bone is connected to the backbone. Backbone is connected to the shoulder bone, and it goes up to your head. And it ends with, I never heard the chorus before. Yeah. It ends with, now hear the word of the, and Lord. Hear the, word of the Lord. And yeah. the chorus is... Damn bones, damn bones, gonna walk around. I had no idea. Now hear the word of the Lord. It's been
0: co-opted for school and for preschool. Yeah, we took
1: the Lord stuff out. But this song is based on, the hip bone connected to the backbone, is based on the story we're going to read today. Had no idea. And the story we're reading today comes in Israel's lowest point in their history. Babylonian exile. It's awful. They have just been co-opted by another nation who is much stronger with them, wiped out their armies, taken them over, hauled a bunch of their loved ones off into a foreign land. The people that are left are left struggling and frustrated. So it seems a little bit like an appropriate text uh, for today uh, coming up, being read all over the world. And God gives a vision to this prophet named Ezekiel, who's sitting on the banks of this foreign nation, lamenting the state of his people. He gives them a vision where he brings them out to a valley, and the valley is full of dry bones. Everywhere he can see is just dry bones piled on top of each other, 360-degree view, and God asks him a question, and the question is, human one, can these bones live again? This is going to be a wildly important question, and we're going to get to it just here in a minute. But can these bones live again? Ezekiel says, Lord, I don't know. Only you know, which is a great answer when talking to God. But it also reveals the state of our own heart. And God says, them bones, them bones, going to walk around. Yeah? Yeah? No, he doesn't. He says, prophecy over these bones. And he says, say to them, dry bones, hear the Lord's words. The Lord God proclaims to these bones. I'm about to put breath in you and you will live again and walk around. I will put sinews on you and place flesh on you and cover you with skin. And when I put breath in you and you come to life, you will know that I am the Lord. And then he tells (laughs) Ezekiel says, I did that. I prophesied. I commanded. And there was a great noise. There was a rumbling when he was prophesying, and there was a quaking, and the bones come together, bone by bone, and he looked, and suddenly there were sinews on them, and flesh appeared. It's a little grotesque, but this this vision is beautiful. It goes on to say, and they were covered over with skin, and there was still no breath in them, and so God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath, and prophesy, human one, and say to the breath, the Lord God proclaims, come from the four winds and breathe, breathe into these dead bones and let them live, and I prophesied just as he commanded to me, and the breath Breath entered them, and they came to life, and they stood on their feet, and an extraordinary large company, and the God said to Ezekiel, human one, These bones are the entire house of Israel. And these bones say, these people say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope has perished, and we are completely finished. So now God says to Ezekiel, prophesy and say to them, the Lord God proclaims and I'm opening your graves and I will raise you up from your graves, my people and my people, and I will bring you to Israel's fertile land. I think this is my last slide. You will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you up from your graves. You people, my people, I will put my breath in you and you will live. I will plant you on your fertile land and you will know that I am the Lord. I've spoken and I will do this. This is what the Lord says. You know how I like to preach? Head, heart, hands. Uh, something to know with our heads gets, moves into our hearts so that we can be transformed and experienced, moves out into our hands into the community to bless, serve, and love the world. And with our head, what I think God wants us to know is that God wants to work in your and my life in a way that is undeniable. In an undeniable way, doing something that only God can do. Namely, making dead things live again. This is a core aspect of who God is. God takes dead things and he makes them live. And God wants to do that in our life. Three times in our passage, God says, you will know that I am the Lord. When I do this, you will know that I am the Lord. God really wants you to know that he is the Lord. How does he do that? God's going to show you. God's going to show you by working in your life In a way only God can. That's God's part. God is going to do God's thing. What's our part? What's your part in this? You have to acknowledge the broken, dried up, dying and dead things in your life. We have to. We have to acknowledge that. To see God heal and revive requires us to be real and admit. If we can't be real and admit the dead, dying and dried up things in our life, God doesn't fix them in a way that reveals to him that he is the Lord and he is working undeniably in our life. We have to admit that our stuff is broken and it's beyond our ability to fix it. And anyone who's gone through the 12-step program knows this, that we have to admit that we are powerless in the face of our own problems. And when we do that, that's when we are most likely to have eyes wide open to see God working in a way that is undeniable. And so my question for the panel here is, where are you seeing God work in an undeniable way? Only God can. It can be recent. It can be uh, in the distant past. But where did you see God work in an undeniable way? Anybody got anything?
0: I think for me, um, right now, it's hearing uh, the, all the stories of the people who um, are healers, yeah, um, just sacrificing themselves, uh, and the doctors and nurses and paramedics and EMTs and retired physicians uh just coming out of the woodworks and just uh i i I think that um god uses people and can change uh can be active in people's lives even when they aren't sure uh when it's love and compassion you know god being love um i just feel like that is one way that god is moving is to uh really be on the speak to the hearts of these people Um, that are just like you know i heard a story earlier this week about a doctor who was 85 years old and apparently he did he was in new york state and he had done um, the first heart transplant or something like year 50 years ago and he's been retired for like 20 or 25 years and he is at the hospital working to heal people and so when i hear stories like that i just go man that that man is incredible um, but the compassion and the love that he has uh, for, for what he does and the way that he heals people, I just feel like, man, God must be speaking to him. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And uh, I just, you know, there's just a love sometimes and a compassion sometimes that yeah. I just don't feel like people can muster up on their own. Yeah. That it has to be God coming through um, somehow in their heart. And in their life. And so um, I just hear the stories about the healers that are just totally sacrificially uh, giving of themselves. Um, And that's where I can really see. I I just I just say that that's got to be God working in their lives.
2: Yeah.
1: Amen. Uh, The one where I'm seeing is that um, I just saw a prisoner that had been in the hospital for two months. I saw her yesterday. She made it home. I wasn't sure she was going to make it home. Um, this is the second time she's had such complications that they gave a really bad prognosis. And I love our medical professionals, and I trust that God is using all the science and wisdom we have in that community. But I, uh, when I saw her, it felt like I saw the face of God in that uh, I, I wasn't sure I was going to see her again. I'd see her at home, smiling, walking around, um, living life. Being excited to be home, even in the midst of this pandemic, uh, it just felt like God was speaking in, in big ways. Any other thoughts, Matt, anything online before I move on?
0: Um, this is, no, this is good. This is, uh, from, uh, Sharina. I hope I'm saying your name, right? I haven't met you Thanks for being with us. Um, She's saying, uh, and I think she might be a, a healthcare worker as well, I'm, I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I apologize if I'm wrong there. Uh, but she says, God will show you in a way that is specific to you and your life in a way God only God can do. Yeah. First know your life is broken you're powerless without God, then see God move. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think this is really a time more than ever to be uh, humbled and yeah. to know that God is the only one that can save this uh, seemingly hopeless situation. Yeah. And so uh, it's a time for humility and a time to just praise the Lord and yeah. know that he can uh, be in control. So thank you for sharing they that. Absolutely.
1: A point. Absolutely. Heart. What does God want us to know with our heart? What does God want us to experience and feel based on what he just wants us to know? It's this, that hope cures spiritual sickness and God's hope cures spiritual death. Where do we see that in the passage? God wants us to experience, feel, have hope deep within us. The problem in this passage is expressed here when he says to Ezekiel, these bones are the entire house of Israel. And they say, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely finished. The end of this people, their, their frustration, their brokenness, their, their, their low point comes from a lack of hope. God wants us to experience hope. The problem is is that they have no hope,
0: hmm.
1: and maybe you can completely identify. Maybe there is just something going on in your life that feels hopeless, and I don't know what it is. Maybe you've given up. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's finances. We talked about it before. Maybe it's marriage. Um, maybe it's uh, stuff's falling behind, the bills. You're not sure where, what's coming at you, and it just feels like uh, there's not a lot of hope in the midst of these dead, dried-up, dying situations. But God asks us when he asks Ezekiel, human one, can these bones live? That's a hope question. That's a hope question, and here's why that's so important. If we think our bones, our dried up, dying, and dead stuff won't live again, guess what? It won't. It won't because we... Won't bring it to Jesus. We won't work on it. We won't pay attention to it. We won't invest in it because we've counted it dead. But God is asking us, can it live again? Mm. We've counted them dead and gone, and that's where they will stay without hope. If hope isn't fused into the situation, we've counted it gone. We've let it go. We've passed it, let it pass away. But hope hears God's word you will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and raise you up from the graves, my people, I will put my breath in you, and you will live. Can these bones live? God's saying he's going to make it happen. And so that's my question for the panel right now. What's giving you hope right now? If anything, maybe lack of hope. Go for a Miranda. Well,
2: I think when we were talking earlier where we're seeing, like, crisis and struggle in our community, and it's about, like, things missing from the shelves we don't have these essentials or whatever and so i think where i'm finding a little bit of hope is just even in our community recently one of the restaurants um, posted that they have extras um <coughs> they have extra toilet paper they have extra uh you know flour sugar things like that or whatever and posted yeah. it online uh that it was available to the community and so yeah. why that gives me hope is just that where i was thinking we're all just being a we all, I'm throwing myself in that mix, yeah. but there's a lot of people that are just being very um, uh, greedy and hoarding and not thinking of those. Mm. There's moments like this where I feel like members of our community are 100% being intentional yeah. about living in that community, taking care of those imor- around them um, and loving and sharing on those around them. Absolutely. Well, so that's hopeful.
0: Amen. And we've seen it, um, like I, I was praying earlier, and sadly, we've seen it uh, in our community a ton over the last few years. Um, just like every year uh, there's been a thing that happens for like the last five years. Um, there's a thing that happens that w- the community needs to rally. And, um, man, that is cool. I would love to see uh, that happen even not in times of crisis, you know. Yeah. And I think I think uh, not to... Not to—it's not pride. It's just um, being. I guess maybe I am a little bit proud of our community, but I think the table does that. I think we as a church uh, do rally uh, around people and the community, even in times that aren't crisis, because we're living in crisis all the time. Yeah. Um, and there's our, our community is broken and hurting all the time. Yeah. And so, my hope—what's uh, giving me hope—is just uh, our wonderful community. Yeah. I really think that. Uh, we as a church are doing um, what Jesus did, yeah, um, absolutely. and so uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And that's because of you all. That's not because of you know uh, leadership. It's not because it's it's because uh, the people care. Yeah. And I love to um, just real quickly. I know I'm bragging on us a lot <laughs> here, but we have so many people in our church that in their in their work lives are blessing the community. We yeah. have so many people that are frontline yeah. and caring and compassionate, and it's coming out right now um, even more so. Yeah. But like, even when it's not a crisis, yeah. we have so many people on the front lines yeah. in our community. And so that w- that's what gives me hope too is uh, just that people are willing to love sacrificially yeah. anytime. Yeah. And so um, we're seeing it especially right now. But, um, I think we see it all the time at the table, yeah, and so that's you just reminded
1: why. me, can I bring up something uh, and I don't mean to brag on Miranda here, but um there were ten spots for a master's of Social Work at Chico State, and three people from the table got yeah. in. Uh, Rebecca, Candice, and Miranda. and So you're just talking about frontline workers who people are willing to just kind of go out there. They are the people that are giving me hope right now. Uh, For me, where I'm seeing hope, obviously where you guys said it, I'm so proud of not only our nation, which I am, our community, uh, that we're taking this seriously and we're potentially saving people's lives. We're going out of the way and we're sacrificing things. And I know people's... um, Finances are going to take a hit. Their businesses are going to take a hit, but I'm really proud of the way that we are prioritizing our neighbor. We're loving our neighbor well, so good job. I'm also seeing hope outside of this pandemic. Um, I meet with someone at our church weekly. Just seeing his transformation through his surgery and through his own time of isolation and just seeing his heart melt for Jesus has been, been very hopeful to me of seeing jesus work in somebody else's life and him sharing his journey with me and so just being in a relationship with someone who's uh, experiencing growth and transformation that is hope giving to me right now
0: here's my last point well, what before is before we do i'm so sorry i apologize <laughs> Jump on it. I, <laughs> last it's my, point it's my job to be on the facebook <laughs> comments and i had a really good one here uh, britney Miranda's sister she says hi Brittany." Uh, I find hope in seeing people I work with every day still coming into work with a smile. Yeah. Uh, knowing we are all going through it together. Yes. People are making more time to listen to people who are struggling in that moment yeah. and then returning the favor later. It warms my heart. Absolutely. And um, that's yeah, it.
1: that's it. I love it. Thank you, Brittany. Thanks, Brittany.
0: With our hands, uh, what does God
1: want us to do in this passage? I think it's that we have to speak life into our community which I think is what we've been touching on with this hope thing, relationships, seeing our coworkers come in. Uh, Here's where I'm getting that in this passage. Uh, God says that the people say our bones are dried up, our hope has perished, we're completely finished. And so God tells Ezekiel, prophesy and say to them, the Lord God proclaims, I'm opening your graves, I will raise you up from your graves, my people, and I will bring you to your land. You will know that I am the Lord. There's all three of our points right there. God wants us to know that he's going to work in our life in an undeniable way because hope, where am I? Hope, hope is the issue and God has hope for us, but he wants us to say to them, prophesy to our community life. The antidote to spiritual death is God's word of life. Like Ezekiel, God is inviting us to speak life over our communities and the situations that are going on around us. Proverbs 18, 25 says, death and life are in the power of, of the tongue. You have an incredible gift, but with that gift comes a, a great responsibility. I know I'm Uncle Ben and we're Spider Man, and <laughs> great power comes great responsibility. But God has given you an incredible gift to speak life into the people around you. Right now, sometimes it feels like this is all we really got, but it's a huge deal to be someone who comes in, like Brittany said, with a smile, with an encouraging word. I know how hard it is to be quarantined. We're shorter with our kids. I know that's true for me. Bless you guys. I love you very much. Shorter with our spouse. <laughs> Probably even shorter with ourselves, with our own self-talk. Yeah. Of not doing what we were doing. Maybe feeling worthless. <laughs> maybe feeling depressed. Amen. Uh, getting into cycles that are not uh, always um, healthy or productive or feeling like um, we're not taking good care of ourselves. So we need to maybe even start by speaking life, even into our own inner dialogues, prophesying to ourself that these bones will live and God is going to open these graves Amen. and we're going rise, to uh, rise from this situation or whatever's going on in our lives. We're invited to prophesy to the dried up, dying and dead things with God's word of life. And so that's my question. And last question for us is who was the last person to speak life into you? It's a little bit more personal. And what did they say? I'll let you self-select if you, you know, whatever it is, but who spoke words of life into you, and what did they say?
0: Um, I have a person that I go to at work a lot because, for me, um, the times that I feel most in spiritual need, I guess you could say, are at work. Um, so Matt's mo- a teacher. I'm a school teacher, and so... Um, There's a lot of come-to-Jesus moments. By, which, by the way, I want to... Um, Shout out, uh, Martha. I know Mrs. Stevens. I call always call her Mrs. Stevens, mm-hmm. but Wilma Stevens-Hill. She was a music teacher in Norville for a long time, so uh, I'm thinking of her uh, and praying for her because she is uh, uh, older and she is immunocompromised. So anyways, yeah. uh, a blessed music teacher. She was my music teacher. So anyways, so that music teacher made me think of that. So we're praying for you, uh, Mrs. Stevens. Um, anyways, as a teacher, I find myself at the times that I'm most in spiritual need um, at school. So I have somebody that I go to as a, a co worker who uh, she's kind of like an older sister to me. She's a few years older than I am, and um, she's just a wonderful woman of faith. And so um, we just kind of go, we kind of just debrief and talk to each other and remind each other that um, kids need Jesus too. <laughs> Uh, And even in school, we don't necessarily explicitly talk about all that, but we uh, can love them and and show them compassion and be patient with them. And they're going through things, too. Yeah. And uh, they have struggles, too. And they think and they feel. You know, one of my heroes, Mr. Rogers, like, was very clear about kids feel strong. Yeah. And so... um, And without
1: always the tools to express that in a healthy way. Exactly. Yeah. And
0: so we're talking about that all the time. i yeah. just, um, uh, she just speaks life into me in the way that she encourages me and also reminds me that this is the way life is, Great. uh, of yeah. just normalizing it, you know? Yeah. And so, I love that. um, I just love her as a older sister in the Lord. And so, um, she speaks life into yeah. me. And just
1: piggybacking on that, um, uh, something I learned from, a. um, PhD at psychology at Seattle Pacific, he told me that in abnormal situations there are no abnormal feelings. And so even when you're saying like this is normal, abnormal is normal right now and uh, all the emotions we have are, are totally normal in the midst of a situation like maybe you're super calm or maybe right. you're having a lot of anxiety, both of those are normal responses to, to big situations and abnormal situations right. Did you want to jump jump in
0: here?
2: Sure, well, I don't have anything from right now. I'm sure there's lots of people that have spoken to my life, but um, what I'm thinking of is about a time so in two thousand and sixteen <coughs> I went on a mission trip to uh Bulgaria. It was amazing, yeah, uh but I was st- struggling a little bit um in that time, and there was a an elder in our group, her name is Roberta de Gras. she's actually from uh another um Faith-based community up in Red Bluff. So shout out to Roberta. She's probably not watching, but <laughs> if she finds this <laughs> link somewhere, uh, I love you so much. And and the reason I say this is because she said something to me on that trip that yeah. has affected me um, from that moment and then moving forward yeah. and speaks life into me on the daily. Yeah. And what she said during my moment of frustration was, you know, you you cannot focus on all the things that you can't do. There's a million right. things about this situation that you could you cannot do. Yeah, you have to focus on. What you can do yeah, in yeah. this place every single day yeah, um, right. and just keep uh, and keep and keep doing that. And so for me, I think about that every single day um, as far as like, w- you know, wh- what is what does today have to offer? Today has to offer that I'm in quarantine and I have uh, six tiny minions. And how can I love on them? How can I interact with them? How can I yeah. be loving in yeah, my communication yeah, towards them? Yeah. Uh, you know, how can I advocate for them? I am a foster parent. And yeah. so um sometimes that means saying hard things in difficult situations with a smile on my face yeah. um, and so i like i said that that communication that we had whatever however many years ago 3 years ago 4 years ago now speaks life into me i love that
1: um,
0: it's on the daily it way. reminds me of the uh, aa prayer and i'm not going to remember it but it's you know g- give me the the ability to control the things i can and the Wisdom, yeah. wisdom to handle the things I can't, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. or I forget yeah. what it is, but Amen. basically like, uh, yeah, the, you can only control what you can control. So, yeah. wow, that is, uh, a life giving moment there. Uh, Jabelle, our fourth m- panel member, she, uh, uh, had this, and this is really good. Uh, one of the people that I called this week to check in, he was recovering from ankle surgery and I asked him, where did you see Jesus this week? And he had a really rough week, so his answer was so-so. But after we were done, he texted and said, I saw Jesus in your call today. That's lovely. And so that's really cool testimony, yeah. uh, Jobel, um, of you speaking into <laughs> being the speaker into yeah. someone's life. I'm not surprised. Jobel is a, a person, a wonderful faith, um, and so yeah. she she probably does that all the time. So thank you, Jabel. That's awesome.
1: Who I have speaking into my life is I meet with a a retired Episcopal priest uh, regularly. We've had some breaks, but uh, I consider him a spiritual director, even if he doesn't know that I call him that. And um, he is able to speak so wisely from his position into my position that I just eat up every word that he has, where he talks to me about how to shepherd well and how to um, rest well and how to have fun in the midst of uh, the work. Uh, that we all have to do. And so I just appreciate his life-giving words. Even if, I don't, like I said, I don't know if he knows, but I'm deeply appreciative of what he says to me,
0: and it is so life-giving to me. Absolutely. And um And Jess uh, is watching from Oregon. Hi, Jess. I just Thanks love for love. checking in. Uh, and she had the prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can. That's right. And the wisdom wisdom to to know the the difference. difference. Absolutely. I've got got to memorize that thing. That's really good. And So um, thank you for sharing that.
1: Written by, I think, Reinhold Niebuhr, a great theologian. Here's my summary of our message that we just talked about. With our head, God wants us to know that God wants to work in our life in a way that is undeniable. Doing something that only God can do. Making dead things live again. And that's God's part. And our part is admitting admitting and being real about those situations that we are powerless over. With our heart, God wants us to know that His hope cures spiritual sickness and death. And He's going to ask you time and time again, can these bones live? That's the hope question. And if your answer is no, or your answer is I don't want to think about it, or your answer is I've already let it go, that thing is likely not going to live again. But if our answer is maybe, if the answer is I don't know, but you know, Lord, like Ezekiel says, If our answer is, help me to prophesy over these dead things and let them live again, I think we have a real shot at having hope in our life to see dead things come to life. And lastly, with our hands, God wants us to speak life into our community. God wants us to prophesy words of hope to the neighbors around us who need an encouraging word, who need to hear holy words full of hope so that we can be healed and transformed. And again, that might be our main tool right now, but it's something that we can be doing not only in our own inner dialogue, but to our neighbors around us, which is our spiritual practice for the week. I'm encouraging you to reach out to an elderly neighbor, especially someone who's potentially lacking in technology, maybe even someone who you've never talked to before. Uh, Obviously, follow all the health protocols that you can, but um, uh, God's protected class of people are, are widows orphans the poor and immigrants mm-hmm. and so i'm i'm encouraging you this week to reach out to maybe some widows around you to make sure that they have community and have someone speaking hope-filled words of life whether that's cards a note uh, something a note in your window facing their house i don't know how you're going to do it i encourage you to be creative i heard my but,
0: phone makes phone calls too is that true um, or? At, can can <laughs> the virus go through the phone lines i, I don't think so perfect so they could probably receive a phone make it happen i'd love to hear your
1: creative ways of reaching out would you pray with us as we move into a time of communion father bless you bless you for this story where we see dead things live where you invite us to ask hard questions that inspire hope and where you encourage us to be speaking prophesying words of hope into our community we thank you that we get to be a part of that First steps, Lord, is we want to admit that we are powerless over a lot of our own situations. And we invite you and ask you and plead with you to bring your hope-filled healing into our own lives. And as we continue to see you work over and over in an undeniable way, we pray, we pray that that would spill out into the community around us. That as our hope is filled to the brim of overflowing, We pray that we would continue to dispense that hope, offer it up to the people around us. You are the God of hope, Romans 15 tells us. We pray that we have an abundant source of it, that we wouldn't be afraid to ask those hard questions about whether bones can live in our life, that we wouldn't count things out that you call good and necessary and that you would help us to speak your words over them. Lord, now as we move into a time of communion, may it be spiritual nourishment for us. May it be a moment of connection with us. You promise that you will meet us here in these elements. And we come with anticipation and expectation that you would do so. Father, meet us here. Meet us in these, these, uh, this bread and this juice. We will give you praise and thanks and say these things in Jesus' name. Amen.